All standby passengers, see me at the podium for your seat assignment. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Monique, Laura, and Tyler are three friends that work for a major airline as gate agent, flight attendant, and ramp worker. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Welcome to the non Lounge. I'm Lara. I'm Tyler. I'm Monique. And your Percocet is gone. My Percocet is <laughs> <I just> went <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like going to laugh hysterically about nothing. Oh, man. Well, guess what? What? Your reserve month is almost over. It's almost over, thank goodness. How has it been? Like I would think it was going to be a lot of working first class, number one. That's with, who calls in sick. Uh-huh. With okay. 20 passengers all by yourself. But I've had great help from the other flight tens have come up and helped me. You know, even if they just make the announcements for me, that's such a big help. Because as number one, you're trying to do pre-departure service, and I like to do a full service. Yes. I want them to have their cocktail. Then I'm also supposed to be, I have to have two interactions on Teams, the little texting service we use now for each flight. It opens up a a new chapter for each flight, and we all talk on it. The gate agents talk and say, are you ready for boarding? And then I say, yes. But I'm supposed to have two interactions on that. And then you, meanwhile, I'm doing pre-departure. I'm doing all the announcements and I'm trying to keep up in teams. See, I didn't realize that that was designated just to the like first class flight attendant. Yeah. The, the number one is responsible for the it. The purser. Purser. Domestic person. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, that's kind of silly because it's a lot. My interactions with the flight, the crew doesn't necessarily just pertain. Like if any of you could answer me and I'd be happy. Oh yeah. I just want communication. Well, if number one is responsible for you it. You want to be your seat. You want them to know you're Yeah, I you're just there. want to be heard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when I'm number two or three, or actually number three or four, that's in the middle of the cabin. I usually say, oh, I'll do teams to, for on this flight. I'll do teams. Since I'm there in the middle, because really that's Perfect. what it's for is when do we start checking bags? Exactly. That's really all I care uh-huh. I don't care how your day's going. Just tell me yeah. when I need to check bags. Didn't so, Dave say that you give like thumbs up or something? Emojis? Yeah, he just does emojis. He just does thumbs up. and Perfect. Any any kind of indicator that I need to start checking bags is less work for me absolutely. later on. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So that's, I've been doing a lot of that. A lot of delayed flights because of weather. I said, you've been like, had a lot of late nights. Late nights. Like I was Super supposed to late. get into Chicago at 11 o'clock at night. We didn't get there till, well, we landed at 2.30 in the morning. And Jeez. we didn't get to the hotel until 3, 3.30. And how about that one I had in... Oh, I can't even remember which city it was. And I was supposed to land there at midnight and I got there at 5 a.m. 5 a. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Denver? Yeah, that's what, it was Denver. Because I think I was almost like waking up when you were like sending your like, good night, I finally made it. Text. I finally I was, made it. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. you were, I thought you were sitting hot, which means you were sitting doing nothing in the airport. And that's when I was flying up for the funeral. So I had a whole family in the club and I wrote you and I said, if you're here, you're just across the hall from say the hi. club. And you're like, I'm not coming to see you. No, I didn't say that. I said I don't check check in until like eight thirty at night. Yeah, that's true. Because I, yeah, I only if that particular shift is only four hours. That's a sweet shift. Oh, nice. So I check in at eight thirty, and I sat hot until twelve thirty. It's the the red eye shift, basically. Mm-hmm. You're working the red eyes if you get yeah. on that. That's my favorite one to put in teams or a communication thing is we're waiting on hot flight attendants. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Out of Phoenix, good luck. It makes me laugh every time. But on one of those delays, it was really cool because I saw Monique. I came to work early, not just a little bit early, because Monique had texted me. She was at work and she was 
I you were crashing. Was dragon. Yeah. yeah, she was dragging. I said, well, I'll bring you an energy drink. So I brought her Celsius and we chatted. And then I went to Orange County and back, I think. Yeah. And then we had lunch together. And then by the time you got back, yeah, I was just finishing up London. And so I had time to have lunch. lunch. And so she bravely came up to the in-flight briefing room. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was cool to see it up there. It's like, Did they glare at you too like they do me? Well, I said, so the thing is, our break room, the gate agents, so nice. we don't love when the flight attendants come in it, like they actually put a separate code on our door yes. <laughs> so flight attendants can't get in it. So I kind of felt like I was intruding because oh, I, no. I was like, if we hate you guys coming in our area, you probably hate when gate agents try to come in your area. Well, you hate us coming in your area because we bring like three bags and leave them in the middle of the walkway. That is true. Uh-huh. So like the, I went to, when I was delivering the Celsius, she was in the break room. So I left my bags like right in the middle and they said, I'm just gonna leave my bags right here. And, and I saw a couple other gay just look over at me like, what? Yeah. My friend Maggie was Mother. like, what the fudge <laughs> What is she doing? <laughs> but you guys still have some nice, like comfy seats. We don't have that at all. We just have like hard, mm-hmm. almost look like picnic chairs. Yeah, they're like uh, recliners. Yeah, well, we like have a quiet area. room that has like six recliners with with them um, cords, you know, electrical outlets, so you can put your cords in. Yeah, your break room made me feel like I was in an old club. Yes, but that's not. what I feel like they took. But it felt like yeah, they yeah, had nice. taken these chairs that they were like these can't actually be in the club anymore. Yeah, let's give them the flight attendants. That's what I felt like. Well, then that which is still nicer than ours. So. Yeah, and that day I sat hot. Everybody was sharing their food in there. It was kind of fun. This guy yeah. had made homemade beef jerky. It was so good. Ooh. You're almost done, though. My mouth's finished. And you, you kind of mentioned, I don't want to jinx it, but you may never have to do reserve again. I may. What? Because we're bringing in more flight attendants in Phoenix. Heck yeah. And so then that skews the numbers, you know? Yeah. So it may push me up to I, know, I don't have to do it You're again. You're aging out of it. I may be aging out. That how would be many, nice. How many years of service? 39. Jeez. I remember when Rebecca got hired. I think they told her. She would probably have to do reserve for like two, maybe three years. Was straight or just in general? Oh, maybe that was just, maybe that was straight. I, I think it was straight. So, I think so the maybe, new hires are like two years straight. But Okay. But I just remember thinking like, well, that's not too bad. If then you know like yeah, the rest that. of your career, you're pretty much like, so the fact that you still do it, is it three or four times a year now? Three. Three times. I've already done it three times this year. Yeah. It feels, that's what Tani was saying the other day. She goes, I feel like Clara's always on reserve. <laughs> so do I, Tani. So do I. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's a pay cut for us. So I think that's of, also what's frustrating. But yeah. Yeah. So you have a daughter going to tonight? Where's she going? She's going. So Allie Jill's, her trip to Costa Rica is finally here. Yeah. Last night we were setting her up with some seats and. You can't jinx it. I know, she's so, got seats. And so he, I thought you were going with her, and I was like... So she, bless her heart, she's so anxious, so, so anxious, that we had talked about maybe me flying with her. Okay, so she's already traveling with three girls on Confirmed, mm-hmm. right? And they even said, we'll go so that you can do standby for like oh. almost nothing, pretty much. And she was like, great. Of course, that was four months ago. So now it's actually like closer. She was like, oh, no, I can't do this by myself. And I was like, girl, your best bet is you get there two hours before them and then you just hang out and wait yeah. like two hours mm-hmm. after customs for them. And she's, she was just like, I can't do this. So I was talking. I was like, okay, well, maybe I fly with her. And then I do. I was even looking at trying to do a turnaround. But I don't know if there's enough time actually to turn around in Costa Rica because you land about like if I was like going to wait for you about 1230 the next one the, the latest one leaves at like two. Oh, it's like, tight yeah it's like it's gonna be real tight and where they're staying they have to get a shuttle anyway so i just wasn't 
really looking forward to it, but I was like, I would do it for her. And then she was worried about leaving. And even though there's open seats, not going the same route as them. And so we're like, let's just confirm you at least leaving. Then I'm not making two trips down there to bring her home as well. And when we looked about doing the trip for buying it uh, about two months ago, it was pricing out at about $780, I think. Wow. $750, I think, is with a round trip. And so we were, I was like, nope, like it's worth me flying and doing that with her to, yeah. Save that money. Save the money. And so they did when we looked to say, okay, let's just buy her the out. Like, let's, we'll pay the 350 or whatever it is. Got on. I was like, I'm going to look at the whole round trip. Pulled it up 380 for the whole trip. What? Yeah. So I'm like driving to work. Or I'm, Tani's driving me into work because I'm doing this because I'm like trying to get it done. And I was like, babe, we're getting her the whole trip right right now. So I like clock in and I literally was like, send me your credit card right now. Like, Mm -hmm. we're getting this. So, yeah. So I, I, I wanted, I looked like three times to make sure all the flights lined up because I was like, what if it's so cheap because I'm picking the wrong flights? But no, I got the exact same flights as her friends, 380, whole round trip. I love that. And she's flying to which coaster gets it? LAR. Liberia. Liberia. And is there part of you that's a little bit jealous that you've never been and she gets to go? Yes. 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 I would say... I wish it was feasible with time and money that I could have also gone on the full trip. Because there was part of me when I was thinking to go down, I was like, well, maybe I just invite myself for the whole trip. Yeah. <laughs> Chaperone. Yeah. Because they're going to have a good time. They're a good group. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Well, and our parents have been to Costa Rica and they've loved it. Yeah. You've been to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I've been to Costa Rica. Everyone's been to Costa Rica. <laughs> you should go. Loves it. <laughs> I've never been to that city, though. I've, I've never that. been to Liberia. Yeah, I went to... San Jose. San Jose, uh-huh. But I think they're going to do some like zip lining is one of the <sighs> things they're going to do one day. It's right on the beach. It's actually, it seems like a better location for like most stuff than San Jose. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's right. Cause San Jose is in the middle of the country. It's like a, you're not close to really anything. Yeah. You, you land in San Jose and you leave. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You oh, go so- to the volcanoes, you go to the beach, which is hours away where that, where you're, she's flying is right on the beach. Fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. Have you deal. have you looked to see if she can on earth? Are you like, don't look back? Like, no, but the funny thing is, is like, back. honestly, as I was booking them, I was like, well, there goes her business class. She doesn't even have a chance of getting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was my big thing about it. I was like, because the business seats looked great on it. At least yeah. the, that portion. Well, not the Miami down. Not I don't know how long that flight is. If it's long enough, you may get a meal on it. Possibly. I don't know how long. Did you get a meal on that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Because it's international. Oh, and they'll still check mm-hmm. it. Don't worry, I'll look. (laughs) (laughs) Look back. So you also celebrated a birthday. Yeah, had a birthday. This month. And what did you get for your birthday? So I told Katie I wanted to travel. I wanted to go somewhere. So I negotiated. (laughs) Oh, that's a good word. (laughs) I negotiated five days off so that I could go travel. With her or with work? No, she had to work. So just, just by myself. So kids are already in school. And so she said, yeah, go. And... So I was looking at a bunch of things that she wouldn't necessarily love. Okay. One was to, to cross off a bunch of aviation stuff. I was going to fly the 747. I looked at the flying on the 380. Okay, cool. So Qatar's got 380 or Latanza 747. I looked at taking, going to Delhi and, and all these things kind of kept falling through. So I decided uh, one thing I've always wanted to do was go to Poland. There's some things there I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to go see Auschwitz. That was the one thing. And Katie's always said it would be too, be too sad. So, oh, it's perfect then. I was able to uh, 
and since it's my birthday, I was like, well, I want first class. Yeah. First, first. First, first. So, because like you said, right now, our stuff to, to Europe is pretty open. Yeah. In August, the other direction, not so much. We'll talk about that later. But I can get better seats if I go to LA. So, I went to LA and flew LA to London in first class. Nice. And I've had it before. Did you get PJs? I did. Oh, I still have them at home. I don't know what to do with them. What size are they? Um, I don't know. Small, too small for me. Um, I I wrote down a couple of of well, thoughts. Well, I'm excited because I you didn't really post much. You didn't like I didn't really know your plans at all. So I don't know. It changed so much. Anything from yeah. Like, yeah all of a sudden he was in Poland. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was changing so much and so fast. Like even that week, I had a hard time like editing the show because the for that they came out that week because I was just like looking at every option and, and also like I didn't know when I went to Poland like where I was going to do so but have you flown first class on that plane through 300 you've been on the 200 the old way have you been in the 300 first class wait so how do you know no, the difference again? we did it because we went to Miami one time but it was it wasn't like long haul I've well, I've done one in it, first first from Miami to Santiago, I think. But oh. That was on the old 200. Was that an old 200? Okay, yeah. so that's what I'm not sure. And then I was in first, first from LA to Miami, Miami to London. Oh, you did, I got it there. Yeah. Okay. Shumway, I think, was in business. I was the only one who got actual first, first. first. Yeah. Is I that? have not. I have not. And it's going away. That's it, what I've heard, They yeah. announced that with our airline, it's going away. So I was like, oh, if it's open, I want it. And there was a bunch open. Of the eight seats, there was actually only... Two paying passengers up there. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so then um, you you got up there. So I, I got up there. One thing I had, I thought when I was, and I wonder if you guys think this too. Do you ever look at the maybe? Do you ever look at the passengers and wonder what they do? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, not as even just when I work London though, and I see just the business people though. Yeah. That's a, some of them. I'm like, yeah. Who are you? Like, well, yeah. What do you do to have the kind of money to fly this? Well, even like, the business, like they, they could be using miles. Like it's a lot of miles, but they sure. could. But with first, it's like it's not even just miles. It would be even more miles. Like, who, who are these two ladies? They wanted to be like, who are you? Because one of them looked like a young, just out of college girl. Like she actually worked most of the flight. She had her laptop up and she was just going hard. And I was like, oh, he, she's a Henry. Oh, possibly. She's a Henry. Yeah. Our friend Henry. But uh, I, I kind of had that, that that thought of like, who are you? Like, I want to know, like, what do you do? How do you have this kind of money? I know how I'm in the seat and how the other five non-revs are in the seat. But yeah. You know, and that, that's funny because as a flight attendant, I can kind of ask. So I had one day, I had a, a, a young, very young blonde man up there, like in his early 20s. And uh, he slept the whole time. And I'm like, oh, man. And then right at the end, he woke up and didn't want anything. Which makes you know that he's up there all the time because he didn't want anything. Yeah. And so I said to him, okay, I can't stand it. You know, why are you flying up here? What are you doing? He's a magician. And he travels around <laughs> from show to show. And his name is Ben Seidman, S-E-I-D-M-A-N. And now I follow him on Instagram. But anyway, he was coming to Phoenix to do a show. And I DM'd him on Instagram. And he says, oh, of course I remember you. I'd love, love you to come to the show. So we went to the show. Oh, cool. We went to a show. He was so good. Was he good? He's so good. Magic is fun. You yeah. have to be good to be able to afford the. Uh, and he used to have a show. Uh, he had a residency in Vegas for a while, oh, okay. and he had a show on TV that they they had him on. Oh, so wow. you can still catch it on YouTube. But anyway, isn't that interesting? That young a kid. Yeah, because I just wonder, like, how do the people afford some of these things? Is it? And some people like they'll play the points game, and they'll like a oh, once yeah. a year trip. Like Craig when he flies over, like. Mm-hmm. 
from UK, he always gets those good seats, but it's also like, he's not doing that all the time. That's what I kind of made the thought of. If I'm not able to sleep in this kind of seat, it means that I don't do it enough because I'm too excited. I mean, yeah. I need to fly, <laughs> fly it more. And I noticed that I always take pictures of my food, but I never take pictures of the pretzel bread because oh. the pretzel bread's so good. I'd never. Have it's it. gone before yeah. you can take a picture of it. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I should have taken a picture of that because it's always so good. You respect their privacy. Who? In your the, belly. The, oh, the bread, yeah. The pretzel bread. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about how much you like the hot towel service. It, it seems like it's so simple, but it's so nice. I, I don't know. It's so, it doesn't make sense. Like, they're just handing you, like, this little wet hot towel. I love that service, too. Is it just for your hands or is it for your face, okay, too? Okay, so that's a question. You can use it for either one. And I know some fly hands. I always do mine before I give you your hot nuts, your warm nuts, mm-hmm. so they can wash their hands before they they eat. But a lot of flight attendants will do it after the meal so they can wipe their hands. But oh. usually it's before that I've seen, but yeah, so uh-huh. you have some. But. And I like to do it when I do it, I do the, a fake English accent. Hot towel, hot <laughs> towel. And then when I go back to pick them up, I go, cold towel, cold towel. The airlines just throw those away, right? They yeah, they throw them away. So it's not like they. So you could wipe mm. wherever you wanted with them. You could. And when I, when, um, <laughs> I used to do the flight to Japan. Oh. You know, the whole airplane got hot towels Ooh. because that's their culture. Yeah. And I remember bringing home, this is going to be sound so weird. I brought home a huge garbage bag full of those old wet towels. Used ones? Yes. How stupid. <laughs> and I put them in my, I put them in my washer with a gallon of bleach. I let it sit there for like three days and then I washed them. And when my, I had little kids, it was great for wiping up their hands and face after Genius. they ate. Yeah. And then I would just wash them again. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's also the same cold towel that Melissa McCarthy eats. Remember that in one of her movies? She goes to a fancy restaurant and they pass her that hot towel and she doesn't know what it's for, so she eats it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I thought, it's so weird that it's, it's such a weird, simple thing, but it seems like it's such a nice. But it does, it feels fancy. Yeah, it does. You feel like, cause I almost fell out of place with it cause it's so fancy. You're like, okay. Well. The, the, the weird thing is like, what do you do with it afterwards? Cause they come through, like, do you put it on? Do they take it from you? Do you sit on the, yeah, that's I, I usually weird. pass the tray to them and have them put it on the tray. Like, yeah, it has a lemon scent to it, mm. so I'm not sure you really want to put that on your face. But I've seen lots of people wipe their face with that. I always always do. I well, saw they're sweaty. Yeah, I was back because they did it twice on one of my flights, oh. and they were I saw her pouring the hot water over them. Oh, and you're like, I'm getting ready for my hot towel. <laughs> <Yeah, so. laughs> Simple, but oh, and I went in. I always go find ask where the the big lab is so I can take my pants off because apparently <laughs> it's not appropriate just in your seat and. <laughs> It's the the big lab is so nice. It's so nice, yeah. Because after you go to the big one, you go to it. I went to another one because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna hurry, and then it, it's just so tight. But the big one is even other like front cabin bathrooms aren't as big and yeah as like the, the big, big the wheelchair accessible one. Yeah. yeah, it's you. I always joke. It's like you could do cartwheels in that one with the sliding yeah, door. You, you probably can't actually, but yeah, it's it is very nice for changing and things like that in it. With the topic that Laura talked about last a year ago about the Mile High Club, that makes sense in Big Love. <laughs> There's a nice mirror in there too, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you right, at least on the 200, you're right next to the galley. Like one of them, aren't you? You are. On the 200, you're right next to the galley. I think you're at all of them. Just be right quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I actually wanted to do, because with our lane in London, we have an arrivals lounge. Have you been to that one when you flew in from Miami? If you fly first class, no. you can, as a non-rev, the policy was you can go into the lounge. 
So last year when I flew in there on first, I got to go in. But then Katie, they came in later and Jake, they were in business class and they didn't let them. So I had my whole trip kind of, not whole trip, but kind of planned around hitting that lounge, having some food, even though I've been stuffed for the whole flight and taking a nice shower because it's so nice. Even though I was going to connect and go on another airline. And when I got in there, they denied me. They said, we changed it a month ago. Oh, no. I was so disappointed because I was like, oh, I was planning on like you know, sitting down, pulling the computer up, like was getting it new one, loans. Did they give you a black piece of paper? They, that's what the, even the flight attendant came through and said, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And he knew that I was not because he moved me to put because the, the paying passenger wanted my window. So he's like, sorry. Oh, you lost your window though. Yeah. You said, yes, if I can have their boarding pass. <laughs> so I could get in. Yeah. But he didn't realize. I don't think he even knew that we weren't allowed in there. So policy is now that standbys aren't allowed. Not in there ever. So it was just first class, and now we're not oh, at all. So I was that's like, "It's a bummer." I think it was better food. I, the one time I did go, and it was quick because I wanted to go take pictures. But I was like, "This time I was planning to spend a couple hours in there, yeah, and really getting cleaned up and then flying again." But so I was like, "Yeah, oh, it's kind of disappointing." But oh. it's okay. It was just. I and it's kind completely of, different than any just like else club. It's just normal club. Nothing that yeah, club it's that like you have a, a rivals to. club. I mean, it's just, it's food and it's a shower, and it, but that's only for business and first class, and now paying business and first class. So it's almost like in JFK, we have specific clubs. Yeah, for that those we're not allowed in cabins. Okay. So then I had a. I knew I was trying to get to, to Krakow, and I had a couple of options. One was because British Airways on that usually they have a nonstop flight, but on that day they didn't offer it. So there wasn't a British Airways to Krakow. So I was either going to go British Airways to Warsaw and then Lot, Polish airline, hmm. which I was excited for because I wanted to cross them off into Krakow. Or I was going to get on Austrian and fly out Austrian through Vienna. Oh, okay. And then, so it's going to be two more flights either way. And I got the loads and the Austrian left like two hours earlier. So I was like, I'll try that. And knowing the second Austrian was wide open. Oh, okay. And so I was like, I'll try that first. And it didn't look good. Like the loads I'd got were like two seats open and I was number four. And I wasn't oh. sure how it was going to pan out. But I got loads. Someone had requested again. I got it like right as you're boarding. And they said two seats open too. And I was like, so I got my own seat. Oh, nice. So, you didn't have to share. No. Oh, nice. Or I was getting get left. But I was excited to fly them because I've never been on Austrian Airlines. Yeah. And it was a, a brand new 320 Neo. And I they put me in uh, an aisle seat. They have a 20 that's a Neo? 320 Neo, yeah. Interesting. And okay. so I flew on British Airways. No, Lutonza has a 320 Neo. A lot more. I guess Frontier has them too. Interesting. Neos, okay. Yeah. Ours, ours, are, all ours are 21. All so 21. Yeah, 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 they did them in the 20s. But they, okay. yeah, they make the 20 Neo too. Cool. And so I had 10C, I think. So I was like, I was like, oh, good. I get an aisle. I'm not stuck in the middle. I thought being the last person, I'd for yeah. sure be in middle. So I'm, I'm boarding and I go down and I get to my seat and there's a guy sitting in my seat. Oh. And there's a flight attendant like standing right there. So I looked again, double checked. I was like, yeah, he's in my seat. Yeah. To make sure I wasn't the wrong, in the wrong. And so I turned to her first. I was like, I'm going to let her Good. fix this. Good. Yeah. That's what you should do. And I said, uh, am I, where's the seat? So she could look and she goes, oh, and she turned to the guy and he goes, actually, I have a business seat. Do you want to switch? What? And put me up in business, which is, it's European business. So it's like three seats. But still, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, hold on, let me see. And so she goes up and talks to like the the manager. 
And she goes back and she goes, um, no, we can't do that. She goes, you sit in the middle seat. To you? To me. Oh. And so I was like, what, what just happened? Like I was going to maybe get a business seat for free because the guy for some reason want to sit back there. Yeah. And so I sat in the middle. Did the guy then move up to his actual seat? No. If it was even his actual, I don't know if he was trying to pull something, but I was just like, I was going to have a um, wind or an aisle with no middle. Yeah. And now I get stuck between this guy. So I was like, that was so weird. It's that so weird that weird. She went, you couldn't just trade. If she hadn't been involved, you would have just, what would you have done? Just walk up? If he was, a, yeah, if he had his ticket and like, here, look, I am, which she never got that far. She just went and asked and she goes, no, you just sit there. It's like, okay. So I don't, I don't know if they upgraded or if he lied thinking I, he was in the middle, but he wanted the window. I also, he sat there. And like, they knew you were a non-ref, so. But you know, if he knew or he just like, I'll just try to play dumb and you can go sit up front. And they're like, no, that's not. I've had it just on like our own airline where I've walked down, had, let's say just like 10C as well. And there's like an EP, like like a, a freaking flyer sitting in my seat because they scooted over thinking they could just. Oh, yeah. And so I came and I was like, this is my seat. And he, yeah, kind of threw a little bit of a fit. And I was thinking, well, you have every right to have selected that seat earlier if it was available and you didn't. Yeah. Like you. So no, like. That's what later on I would be like, but as an honor, like, well, am I going to say something? Be like upset? Then like, no, this is my seat. Like, yeah, it's, I it's also a hard, don't want to get kicked off. Hard lined it, yeah, especially another carrier. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I can go. But uh, it was interesting. They didn't do a credit card pitch. No, no, <laughs> it was a two-hour flight. Also, Did they sell lottery tickets? They sold a lot of cigarettes. A lot of people what? bought cigarettes on board. Yeah, like actual cigarettes, not even like big cartons of them. But you can't smoke. No, but they sold. I was, was amazed at how many people were buying them. So they had the duty free that they sold. Uh-huh. They had the, the whole like the magazine with it in. And then people, the lady front bought a couple of big cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so they were pushing that stuff instead of the credit cards. So they actually walk off like they hand them in a bag, like a duty free bag. Do they sell booze too? Probably. I think it's like, watches like in their, their carts, like your galley carts full of, yeah. Uh, a little bit of everything. See, I'm always so intrigued by duty-free stuff because I'm never flying international enough to use it. Uh-huh. Or, or they have it at work, but I can't go in a uniform really and look and I can't. So anyway, I'm always so intrigued. We get like 20, how, we get 25% of that sales. How good are that is? When you, you guys do? When uh-huh. you sell, okay. Even though you have nothing to do with duty-free? No, when we used to sell it. Oh, when you okay. we used to take the cart out. Interesting. But they just did water. They <gasps> just offered water. That's all they know. How long a flight was it? Two hours. To water? Yeah, only? just gave a little. But they were nice, but it was it was just a kind of a weird flight, just how I was like, oh, I was going to Yeah, it's just strange it. that he, I feel like he probably was at metal seat. Especially if you I, said I there were was. only two seats open. Like, there shouldn't really be any open seats. Yeah, so, uh, but he said he was up in three, like, three C, and he's like, do you want to switch? And I was like, yeah. So, Laura, plug your ears for a second. Okay. I feel like flight attendants don't know how to actually read boarding cards, like boarding passes. So. I think you may be right. It could have been very easily solved by just looking at the gentleman's boarding pass and been like, oh, yeah, you are supposed to be up in like 5A or whatever. Like the way, you know, just explain it to him, like the way upgrades actually work or whatever, like you have to take yours. It's going to go to the next person in line. Like I can't just move this gentleman. So I'm going to need you to take that or, you know, like or or to say, actually, you're in 10B, sir. So I'm going to need you to slide over so this gentleman can take his seat. That's why I I sat by him for two hours. I didn't say a single thing, but I wanted it to be like, Why? Yeah. Like, do you really have it, or why? And then why was it just a was it just a scam to get out of the middle, or was it uh, 
why would you choose like maybe he's some weird flyer that like he wants to sit on each seat of the plane at some point i had a weird like like because well, my thing is up there he would have had a seat open next to him right like yeah. that's there so he thought he was getting that back there and was like if that legitimately was his seat up front yeah this as soon as he wasn't having that seat open next to him he should have been like deuces like i'm, I'm back up to yeah, my I'll good go seat yeah like, so the fact that he didn't makes me think he was just that middle yeah weird that's weird so the next flight vienna to krakow was on a 195 at e19 so we have the 175 it's a little guy though me so it actually has more <laughs> seats than a 319 oh really oh yeah more seats than a 319 but it's only two two so it's like a, a 175 on crack so we had the 190 <laughs> is that the lawn dart is that the one they call the lawn no, dart because that's one two okay that's like what jsx flies oh tony flew on a lawn dart Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. So, but it was nice. It was just because it was just two, two. So yeah. there was no middle seats. I was, it was funny because they had two rows of a business class, but no one was in them. Oh, okay. And then I was the first row behind. So I was hoping that if I kind of gave them something, I thought about giving them the pajamas and they would just put me in my own row. Yeah. And they had someone put some luggage there because they, they knew no one was in there. So they were, they were very like, they followed the rules. Okay. Flight attendants. And this is the same airline that you flew over to? Austrian again, yeah. Okay. Because I had two on them. So, but but it was nice. And it was like, this is no middle seats. I know that uh, Doug and Trudeau talked about the 195 a bunch. And because. From the next trip podcast, yeah, Doug and Drew from the next Because it's so close to like the 319, so it could replace them. And I was like, whatever, whatever. But now if I, I was like, oh, it's nice. It's a nice service to yeah, have that. Yeah, I, I like that. So, so is that why the 195 is not your favorite? It's is well is I really like it. I don't know if it's my favorite. I I wonder if there's yeah because of the size wise, it's very comparable to the two twenty. If we were if our I, no airlines in the states have it though, because it's kind of like a regional, mm-hmm. but it's also big enough that like there's scope the pilots laws and contracts. The first day in Krakow, because I guess I'm gonna have like basically two days, stay three nights, but two days. But I might get in late and then. And I went to this salt mine, and it was really cool. Like, if you're ever in Krakow, I would suggest going to see the salt mine. It was about $30 for the tour, and they take you clear down. This salt mine is is super old, like hundreds and hundreds of years old. So, real quick, kind of explain me, like, the landscape of Krakow. Is it is it hilly then? Is it mountainy? A few like- little hills, but not big mountains. Okay. But yeah, so you take it took a train from where I was at at the airport because I stayed at the hotel right there. Like I was like forty five minutes to this where it is. You get out and it's like right there, this town. Like that's what it was. It was a salt mine. Okay. And it took you hike. You go downstairs, but we went down like it's like eight hundred and fifty stairs, so wow. like three hundred meters deep. Did you have to go back up those? They t- they took us on the lift back up. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. As we were walking down, it was like a three-hour tour. And I was like, I was going to make a joke. I was like, it's only like a 30-minute tour. And it's two and a half hours back up these stairs. <laughs> 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 but seeing people come out of the tour, no one was out of breath. So I was like, okay, I don't think we have to hike back Good. up these stairs because that would be a lot. But they had these huge areas inside where there were like cathedrals. And, and I, I, they called it a temple. I have some pictures that were really cool. Like... And they would like carve things out of salt. Oh, cool. And part of me was also like, 
we're from Salt Lake. Like, yeah. <laughs> salt's cheap and useless. Like why? But it was a big deal for people for years over there. It was very valuable. They would use it in their preserving meats and things. But, so, you know, those salt lamps. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm envisioning. Is that anywhere close to what the mines look like? Colored, colored salt. It, it wasn't colored, but they had, there was salt. Like you could see salt in the walls still. Okay. And, uh, the water was, you could taste it and it was very salty. As I said, it was like the same amount of salt as like in that water is like the Dead Sea. Okay. Oh. Wow. So it was, and they had some water inside there where you said, they said, if you jumped in that, you would just float. It's so salty. Oh, I love that. Oh, wow. So, but uh, it was a really cool tour. And I would suggest a if you go to Krakow. hour tour. Yeah, it was a long tour, but it was. And so did you have to wear headphones? Did you have a guide that? Yeah, so we had a guide. Um, we didn't have headphones on that, but it was small enough that they would, um, you could hear them just fine. But, but it, it, it was in English. Like, did he speak oh, yeah. English oh, yeah. Okay, oh, that's, yeah. that was my. So the next day we had to guide, uh, headphones so we could hear. But no, they the, the lady that did tour spoke English. So Oh, cool. Yeah, and she was, it was cool though. I, I saw you get my pictures because it was very unique. Well, you said you took the train out there. Was it hard to read? transportation or like local signs because they would have been in polish right it, almost everything is is mixed polish and english they have also an english yeah, thing yeah. okay cool and all the tours they had in multiple languages and so i was able to get a, an english tour i wish i would have done got up and done one earlier in the day because i did one later in the day and so i even paid extra to go see something else by the time i get out it was closed because i was like oh, oh. i should have done an early tour but i was also like jet lag and kind of lazy i was like i've got all day and so i kind of like took a nap in the morning and I should have just got up and done it. That's where I'm not great with solo travel. Cause I'm like, you're on your own schedule. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember our friend, Melissa, I kind of give her crap about pushing when I was on vacation with her. Cause she's like, go or go, go. And she's like, you don't like traveling. But I was like, actually it's nice. Cause having someone to be like, okay, get a bit. Let's go do this. We like, gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll go later. But yeah, it was really cool. I think I would suggest everyone should, Wow. That. I would cool. never have thought of that. No. So that was day one. And then day two was my Auschwitz day. Why did you want to go to Auschwitz? That's what Auschwitz. I've always wanted to go. Like my wife, Katie, is really into old history. Like She's into history. Like period. castles. Yeah. And- but old, old history. Yeah. More so. And it, being that World War II and the whole Holocaust was like, so recent i i can i can i'm more in, a lot more interested in it and we did Anne freak house a couple years ago i think if i oh, talked yeah, about yeah, it on the podcast yeah. and so i've always just kind of been like fascinated even though i'm not like a history nut and i I don't know all the stuff or hardly anything actually now that i see it's just kind of i've always wanted to go and have that experience and be like see where some of that happened well, when I heard you were there, I was like, oh, man, that's a place I would like to visit sometime. Like, uh, I've the, always kind of thought that about. That's yeah. what I guess our dad said that to our mom. And my mom, our mom was like, what? I didn't yeah. know that. And he's like, yeah, I've always wanted to go, like, see that. I wanted to go experience that. So that's why I, I and Katie's always said, I would be too sad. And I was like, I, I get it. That's I want to yeah. go. I want to feel sad. I want to learn and I, I feel think it's that. important to remember that that happened. Yeah. So that's that's why I would. So how hard was it to get out there to it? So it was a from in Krakow, it was like an hour, so over an hour and a half on the train. Okay. They have 
buses. Like you can do tours that will take you, bus you all the way in to that the city it's in and do the tour mm-hmm. and bus you back. But I said, I'll just do the train. I, I kind of watched some YouTube videos and then that seemed like it was pretty simple. So, um, that wasn't bad at all. The train went there and back. It, it was, it ended up making it a full day, but so that wasn't. And you saved money by doing that yourself. Probably did. Yeah. I, I, I ended up seeing that on some of those tours, they'll show some videos. So you kind of learn some stuff. So that, that would be a good option too. Like if, if you had a day to just book a tour, but I'm not sure how much different was. So you said you, you did wear headphones. So you did do a tour. Yeah. So apparently just this year in Auschwitz, you have to do a tour, but most people I've talked to that have done it, you, you, that wasn't the policy or the reason for you. They was just kind of open. You okay. still had to like show ID. They want to see who was coming in, but it was just open for anyone. And now you have to have a tour. After hearing Laura talk about at Machu Picchu having a tour, I feel like a you tour, want a tour. I would want a tour. Yeah. Just, I, I want to hear someone who's actually an expert and knows yeah. all the things mm-hmm. to help yeah. kind of sh- guide me through it. It was like $22. And I had actually booked it weeks before. And that's what, as I was trying to figure out stuff, once I kind of, I was like, okay. And so even when that maybe didn't look great, I was like, I've already paid for it. Just let's stick with that idea. Yeah. So the, the tour was like a, it was another three hour tour. Okay. So my, my feet were like tired after that, <laughs> but it was, it was good. It was the guy that did it. They were, we were in a group of 11 and we had headphones on, but it wasn't for the language. It was just because they had so many tours. Oh. He had a microphone on so you could hear him. So even if there was another tour right next to you and a lady's talking to her tour, you could only hear your guy. You're hearing yours. So it wasn't That's a good nice. like back and forth. Like we weren't asking questions. It was just like him talking to us for the whole time. And what made him a, an expert? He was from the area. He was Polish. Okay. Yeah, I might. He had said he had some family that was in it. Oh, wow. But wow. he kept saying over and over, like, never forget or never forget. And I, I, at first I was like, it's kind of like a filler. Like we all have fillers. When we talk, oh, yeah. I cut Lars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was his. And then after I was like, no, I think that he's just like, he's saying it so much, but he's just reminding people like, never well, I, forget what happened. Cause I think I follow like them on actual Twitter and they do different, the post different people who were there, like little snippets of them. They'll have like early pictures of them, pictures of them at the camp okay, and little bits of them. Anyway, I, I just think it's interesting. So, and that's like one of their phrases they say a lot kind of okay. on their account as well. Yeah. But so some, some of the pictures and stuff, like at least I don't know if it's at this camp, but they'll have like different rooms that you can walk through that have like different pieces. Yeah. So Auschwitz is basically, it's two camps. There's like a concentration app, which is an old, the Polish had these army barracks and they came in and took them over and they turned them into a camp. And then there's, um, Auschwitz Birkenau, which is another camp that it's all, you get to see both of them. Okay. And Birkenau is a death camp. Ugh. And so in the normal one, the first one you go to where you meet, it's more of a museum. Okay. They've, they've, it, when you're walking through the barracks, they've turned them into, you get to see things. And so for instance, you get to see the firing range where they would just line people up and oh, shoot gross. them. You, it, you get to see one room. You walk in, and as they were they were killing them, they would shave their heads, yeah, or even just take them in from camp. They would cut the hair, so it was just this huge pile of hair. They kept oh. the hair. So a lot of the stuff that they found was just a portion of it, but it's when they the Russians 
went in and took it over, the stuff that they had found. When they liberated it? Liberty, yeah. Uh-huh. And they were they would use the hair for wigs because they were the wow. and they would also use it to turn into clothing, human hair. Wow. So it was just it was it was you see the hair and then I went into another room, like a huge long room, and there's like a wall of glass between you and it, but you know, another room is shoes. I've heard about the shoes. And the shoes were hard because it was like each one of these shoes was somebody's shoe. Yeah. But then even the next room I went in was kids' shoes. Oh. And that was one that hit me. I was like, oh, I get it was just that was hard to see. And then we saw all kinds of rooms like that, though. Like we saw luggage. We saw where they would uh, take the, if they had like a, a fake leg or a walker or so they had a room of that. It's just, and you know, there's just so many things that you saw that it, it was a lot of information. It was a lot of information. So much so that I feel like I, I didn't feel the emotion that I was, I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Because it was just like a fire hose of stuff. Like the guy just kept talking and walking in there, which is like in the first camp, which is where you kind of meet and, and you go through there, they built a, a gas chamber. So we walked through a gas chamber. Wow. And it, it was smaller than, I guess, the other ones. And they, they're explaining how you walk in, they close the doors, they, they drop the, the stuff, the was gas. Was the one where they like the open slots and dropped it in? Yeah. And, Within minutes, they were dead, but they just like, and it was so fast. It wasn't like if you actually could stop and like process what happened in that room, it probably would be too much, but there's so many tours. But so just, it's been more emotional later. Like as I've thought like, oh, wow. And I've been watching a lot more documentaries now, but you grow right from the gas chamber right into the crematorium. Oh, wow. Where they had other prisoners. I mean, the guards didn't do the work. They yeah. forced the laborers. So there was people that there was job to carry them from one and wow. right into the burner. They knew that what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. They would both pull their gold teeth out. And if there was anything they could keep from them and then just burn them. Pull their teeth out. They're just like, yeah, there's so many things that I would learned. they take their clothes off? Yeah. So- well, they they took their clothes off before because I told them we were going to the shower. Oh, that's right. So they, they said, you know, put them on this hook and make sure you remember the number. And then, so that was that that was in the first one, and then we took a bus over to Birkenau, and Birkenau is huge, and it's the one that you see more of, I think, because they take the trains right into the middle of it, okay, and they separate the people out, so they have an old car there, an old um, train car, so you can actually kind of see what they were yeah. transported in, and and they got out, and then they separate them if you were the older and the young kids. Would one line, one group, and then the other one was ones that could work. They didn't say that, but and the old and the kids straight to the gas. They said they were killing fifteen thousand people a day oh, in Birkenau, like one point one million total. But it, and this is just one camp. camp, Monique. This is just one camp. Yeah, this was the it was the biggest, I think, the most deaths at this camp. But this was the death, and so it was just like and so. We walked down to where the crematoriums were. When the Nazis found out they were coming, they destroyed them. So they just, those gas chambers are just rubble now. Okay, that's going to say, because I feel like from what I've heard, a lot of this stuff actually 
Yeah, they, they destroyed before. Yeah, yeah so it had, there's only so much that is in Birkenhau. Yeah, so but I got to walk in. I think I may have sent the picture of inside of one of the barracks in Birkenhau, where you probably seen the pictures where it's like three layers of beds, but it's just like wood planks, Ugh. and they would sleep on those like eight people per like a king size bed, probably wide. Jeez, and I can't even sleep with my wife and our dog. That's too much for me. <laughs> And uh, it, it's crazy. And I hear stories about, so they would have a room for their bathrooms. They could use the bathroom twice a day and it wasn't plumbing. So they would go in there and then people's job was to go and clean it out every day. But they said that that was, that was a good job because they were out of the elements of the sun or the, the, the cold. They were inside, but the, the thought of like a good job to them was cleaning crap. Yeah. They would shovel it into like wheelbarrows. Right? I'm not sure they do. They just kind of said they had to go through it and clean it out every day. What I'm wondering, like how much there actually was, they were so malnutritioned. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, it was, it was a lot in one day, and it's. I, I, what the, did you expect? I mean, what were your well, expectations? That's what I, I don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I, I think I was expecting to be a lot more emotional, and it was just like you're in like a state of shock. And I was even talking to our friend, Nicole, who said she's, she's done the tour before. And she's like, I felt sick for three days afterwards. And I said, and she said, yeah, cause you're just kind of like in shock. Like you don't sit and feel like if you could, if you could comprehend how many people in the spot you're standing, like went straight to their death, then it, you probably would be more emotional, but it was just so much. It was just so much. Let's see, yeah, my people would have been in there. They sent the gays in there. Yeah. It's like they didn't, yeah, they sent a lot of. They sent a lot of Polish people first because they were taking over. So anyone that was like resistant, they would put in there. And then and then it went to gypsies. I was going to say gypsies, yeah. And homosexuals. And then it was just straight Jews. They were just straight bringing Jews in. Wow. Well, so I wonder too if they do keep the tours moving so Maybe you don't quite fill it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you just had everyone filling it, like yeah, that yeah, if you just lose it more, I don't know. Yeah, it was. I think it would hang with you though. Maybe something that would stick with you. I noticed for a couple of days after, well, even till now, it's been a couple of weeks or we know, but it. I'm more humble now. Like even though I went to work a couple of days later. And it was 110, and I just kept thinking, could be worse. Like, life could be worse. This is kind of sucks, but it definitely could be worse. I have nothing to complain about. And I kind of have jokingly, but I said, I got home and I, I just hugged my kids. You know, I just hugged them and was grateful for them for about three days. Then I was like, okay, you're back to terrible kids. But, <laughs> but it just, you know, just the thought of like, they were just separated. Those families, like they were just like, yeah, it's sad. And it was, I think I went through a number of feelings, not knowing of like anger and frustration, kind of like the, the, and at times I was like, why didn't they do more to fight back? And it's like, as I've learned more now, I kind of understand. And that there was people that did fight back and, but you're going through the grief cycle. Yeah. Or steps of grief or whatever. But yeah. Are you glad you did it though? Yeah, I am glad. 
and now I want to take my kids back. Not now. They're too young. But I want I want to go. I want them to once they get to a point where they can I can teach them about it before and then we can like they can kind of have that experience. I think it would be a good experience when when they get to high school since we we can do it for a, affordable price. It's not just like finding kids a year, but we can get over there and and they when they're learning about it, they can be like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, at some point, that's someone that I know about that because I've been to that camp. It makes it more real. Mm, oh, for sure, learning, learning. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I regret that. My only regret is, is not spending more time before because, like, learning about it. Yeah, like I said, I, I wanted to know, but I also like, it was so much information that, now that I watched documentaries about it, because there's so many. You just, I mean, I just go and Google or get on YouTube and put Auschwitz documentary, and they're just like pages of them that people have done, and. I wish I would have watched some more of those so I could not be so like, I didn't have to listen to every word you said because some of this stuff, I, it's not just the first time, even though I think another thing would another, a different guide, nothing against my guy because he's a great, another guy would have different stories because, you know, so that would be interesting too yeah. to hear theirs. But yeah, I think that uh, it's something we need to remember and I'm glad I did it. So if, if you're interested, you should go because it's worth it. So never forget. Yeah. No. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Over and over. Just. Yeah, never forget. So what else did you do in Austria? Was that it? That was in Poland. Oh, Poland. Sorry. What else did I, you I do connected. in Poland? Uh, that was about it. I had two days, so I did the okay. salt mines. I did that much. And then I tried to figure out how I was going to get home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was the next. I remember that. So I had... This is very different... <laughs> I had, at one time I thought I was going to go back to London because our London flights actually look pretty good. Oh, like okay. If you could be connected passenger and use the, the vacation pass and everything. And so I was going to buy a ticket on Wizz Air. Oh. <laughs> oh, are <laughs> that they? just makes me laugh. Norwegian? Low cost carrier, just like Ryan or, or okay. EasyJet. They're are in, they purple? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I, like I wanted you to do that. I, I, I thought about it and it was actually about as, the same price as the Zed Fair. So I was like, I would have to go. I wouldn't go into Heathrow though, so I'd have to take a bus, which was doable. But where would you've gone into Gatwick? I think it was Luton or Stansted, but to, for like thirty-five pounds, then you could take a shuttle right to Heathrow. Like Luton. Oh, cool. So I was like, yeah, get across off a new airline, and then I never bought it, and I'm glad I didn't because Heathrow's. I, I send you the loads on those. Some of those like, coming home. Well, I was not that week, but I'd been looking at them. Okay, so yeah. there was like. 25 seats in business class on a couple of them Ooh. i was like all right Ooh. we're looking good oh yeah to like jfk and then but the in the back was over by like 25 oh <laughs> yes such so it's like, out to be not great yeah so they're like like ah, it doesn't look great and then i found that the klm from amsterdam that there was a flight in the morning the next morning to amsterdam on klm klm or uh, on us on amsterdam to philly had like 26 seats open. So I listened for it and I checked in. I was number five, checked in. There ended up being 50 non-revs, but I was like, okay, well, Jeez, 26 seats open. That's still crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think it was the one place that looked good in Europe to get home because this is the first part of August. So it's during that peak getting home, like great getting there, getting back. Not so good. And I actually, that was on my birthday. And so we have a friend that works for KLM. 
mm-hmm. to, uh, one of our listeners. So he was kind of like helping direct me a little bit. He's like, you know, you should, you should be okay. And he had asked like, when is your birthday again? So I told him, like, oh yeah, it's, it's today. And so I took the KLM to Amsterdam. Was that because I tweeted about you? Because you did. He saw uh-huh. that and he's like, wait, are you flying through there? Uh, I wish I could have had a chance to talk to him, but like in person, but he was working. And so we boarded. It was another 195, but this was even the, it was like a 195 called an E2, which is even like the upgraded one. Oh. And so I got my seat and they board from the front and the back. They take a, a bus out there in Krakow. They, Ramp stand. They Ramp. dual board it? Yeah. Front and back at the same time. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike a one between like a 19 and a 20, right? This is the size of it? Yeah. There was 33 rows. Okay. And so I was row 15. And so I, I was thinking 15 is going to be toward, I didn't know how many made it were. So I was like, 15 is going to be towards the back. I'll take the back one. And plus I kind of went out there off the bus and I took some video planes taking off and driving by. And, and so I wanted to be the last one so I could get in. And I had bought a, a few candy bars. And so when I boarded last, I gave it to the flight tent in the back. And I said, thanks. I'm the non-rav, like, just thanks. And, and then I went and sat in my seat, which was more than halfway up from the back because- Was the aisle? It was exit row, and I was in the window. And oh, I have, good, I yeah. had my own row. Nice. So, yeah. So I, that Happy was- Happy birthday to me. Yeah, it was a good seat. We ended up sitting for 45 minutes, and I was like, ooh, this is going to push my connection. But yeah. ended up being okay, because I was watching ours, and our flight was con- delayed to 45 minutes. Oh, perfect. But- she came back up to me, like after we talked, she took, we were ready to take off. And she goes, Hey, it's your birthday, right? And I was like, Did you look that up? Cause I was thinking, I, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. you, I give you a candy bar. She probably wanted to say thank you. And I was like, Yeah, it is. And she's like, Oh, happy birthday. And I was like, And she goes, Thanks for candy bar. Oh. And then during the flight, she, they came through during service and they, they did a drink service and they give you a sandwich even in the oh. back. It's like a bread cheese and cream cheese but it's, it was so simple but it was good was it yeah the both times i've flown on klm it's you know it was good it was like this like honey wheat bread oh i love that I say, i'm getting hungry because every food you mentioned i'm like <laughs> yeah. i want that so then they came through later and she came back and she she handed me this bag like this little goodie bag klm goodie bag with a bottle of wine oh. some uh, cheese crackers and a personal card that was signed by all of them that said, happy birthday. Thank you so much Aww. for flying us. And I was like, it's got to be because of our friend. Like, it, it's too nice Like, because I gave him a candy bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as we landed, I sent our friend a, a picture of it. And I said, did you do this? And I said, thank you. Aww. He's like, yeah, I let him know that you are going to be on. So but that it, was really nice. It was very sweet, yes. Yeah. So, But then I was like, what am I doing with this bottle of wine? It was a small bottle, but it was too big for security. Yeah. So, but uh, then I got over to the so you gate. Just it. Uh, that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> that was an option. <laughs> got, I, I ended up go, like, going to our gate immediately. I wanted to go check our club because we have a club access there. It's not officially ours, but one I have access to. But I was like, no, because at that time, the 26 seats had went down to Uh-oh. nine. Yeah, that's a pretty dramatic drop. Yeah. And I was, I was showing like seven or eight because some throughs that came on so i was like okay i, sh- I still should be good but because with our line if you're if you're connecting in even on another airline that puts you to the top of the list of that category mm-hmm. so i knew i still had to put mine on too so i, I should have been good but i just kept seeing it close and I, I know there was the 50 non-revs 
And I, I kind of feel like wow. some of the non-revs were buying tickets like at the gate. I they feel like there was like, buddy oh, passes crap. that were, because there were like six buddy passes, which another part of me was like, why are you sending your buddy passes yeah. to Europe? On the flight I flew, I talked about a while ago now, to Heathrow, there was in that first first class, there mm-hmm. was a, a D1 and his buddy pass. And I was like, you're going to you're, you're have a hard time getting it back. But so once they put the, the through on, I end up being the number one. Oh, nice. And five non-revs got on. Oosh. Oh. So I think they were selling tickets. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, that's pretty close to departure for an international flight to be selling tickets too, though. I think at the gate, like I think the non-revs were buying tickets. They were saying, take, cancel it. Didn't they do that? I don't know. I, but I, I, I was yes. like, where are these going? Uh, yeah. At some point, you've got to check it, like turn it off and stop selling tickets. But yes. Yeah. Oh, that's what was happening. So, so two of us, of it two of us got in first class or business class, yeah. and then three people were in premium. That was it. So forty-five people, forty-nine honors got left behind. And it's his birthday, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was it was a, a, definitely a nice flight. That's what I just kept thinking. So even if you were just like the D one, if a vacation pass alone, you didn't get it. If you were a vacation pass connecting. You probably got it, but there was still a few of them that didn't even get seats. D1Ts. The throughs, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So I, was, I felt very lucky, and I was like, oh. And you had a pretty good flight tenant on there. Yeah, so I had a, what did you call her? Efficient? Uh, efficient. She's very efficient. <laughs> so <laughs> We've got a few gate agents I can think are probably like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I had this flight tenant. She was really good. She took everyone else's order before mine and the other night, which is great because you know, get their food up or like make sure they get what they want. But then. But they uh, only had one up there? On, on my side. On your side. Okay. Yeah, so she okay. had like the 10 on my side and the other one had the 10 on the other okay. side. And but she was, she was nice and she was very like, I didn't want to bug her. So even when she came from my ice cream order, she usually, they go through the whole spill and I just told her right what I wanted. Cause like <laughs> she, she didn't seem like she wanted to be bug. But I also, I wanted to give her the wine. Cause like I, once I hit Philly, I couldn't take it through TSA. Yeah. But I figured she's probably Philly based, going to Philly. She either she can or she. And I gave her that, and she seemed to slow down a little bit. How did she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she appreciated that. Yeah, she goes thank you, and then and then she's a she was a Phoenix based flight attendant. She was Philly. Yeah, but she was. She was, and I found that later. I went up to use a lav, the big lav. Yes, the big <laughs> one. And I asked her because they just announced that. The Philly was going to get Doha, so I thought oh, Doha oh. is what it was. Okay, I said, "Oh, are you excited about the Doha getting Doha?" And she'd kind of said, "Not so much, just because the length of it." She, it's she, too long for her. Yeah, she, and her time, the way that it, she likes so. But she said it was. It kind of reminds me of the way that you land and the, how much time you get. When I used to work Phoenix to Hawaii, and I was like, "When did you work Phoenix to Hawaii?" So I'm thinking. And so she talked about uh, and she's I said, Did your Phoenix space? And she's like, Oh yeah. And so I I thought, she's gotta know Lara. Well, how is she Phoenix space but working a she, Philly? She was. So she oh, was Phoenix space. And okay. she actually lives here in Phoenix now. Oh. She commutes to Philly to work the the internationals out of Philly. Oh. She was trained by Lara. Oh really? yeah. Yeah, she was one of my trainees. So when I was in the training department. So you could transfer to Philly and have better seniority than her. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> she's she's a great gal. She was also in charge of our um, flight attendant union. Oh, she was amazing. I was thinking amazing if, at that. If you could deal with the commute, that would be 
a good gig. That'd be such a good gig. But she'll do like back-to-back trips. Like I think the next day she was landing back to Philly and she's going to Madrid the next day. Fun. That's cool. Yeah. Kind of like Tina will do like a trip. Like we had her on a while yeah. back. Yeah. Another one at Dos. But so she gets, that's all she does is the no reserve. Just. Yeah, no reserve. That's a lot of people have left. So they're not on reserve. And just do those different white bodies and different uh, international on the white bodies. Mm-hmm. So, but she was really nice, and then we ended up getting a picture, and she's like, "I want to be a guest." And when I told Lars, like I said, Lars said, "Does she listen?" Because so, <laughs> that's what Tyler always says to me when I say, "Oh, Tyler, we gotta have this person on." Well, do they listen to our podcast? So, if you're listening to this, little Debbie, yeah, little Deb, write Lara or contact Lara and yeah. come be a guest. Come be a guest. She'd be fun. Yeah. So, well, she's yeah. If she does those kind of trips she, back to back to back. Does like it surprise that, me though? Like no matter where you go, you're going to meet someone that knows Lara. <laughs> yeah so well i feel like last year i started asking every flight attendant that checked in with me i was like you know the kettermans do you know lara <laughs> and now i've worked line a little bit and she's like introduced some of her friends i know who to ask more than just everyone straight across and i probably should have checked earlier if they were phoenix based or not that probably makes a difference but back when you were asking we were <laughs> downsized so i knew quite a bit of the people because we were so small yeah it was nice to meet her she, yeah, she was I was though. so excited that she was your flight attendant. So I still have a worry that I'm going to meet someone that doesn't like you or that you don't <laughs> like. And so I don't know what to say because I don't like, hey, I met this person. You'd be like, I don't like that guy. No, so. I pretty much like everyone. Except for John. And <laughs> <Justin>. <laughs> it was a good birthday trip, though. It was, good. it was quick, even though it was five days. And I got lay flat both ways, tried a new, new airlines. Well, and it probably at that last leg that was kind of stressful was probably nice. You didn't have six of you or five of you yeah. flying, right? You oh, know yeah. I mean? You just had to worry you. about you. Like that probably was kind of nice. would have got my whole family on because I was number one. Even when I, she she changed me to be with her through, she's like, oh, you're number one. <laughs> so, oh. but it would have been, that's all that got on. Like, yeah. But I mean, like, but sitting there and being like, okay, crap, what do we do with the kid? Who do you support? Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah dude, it's like, like oh. A whole different ballgame. Yeah. So, happy birthday. Thank yeah. you. Happy was a good birthday. Good. Well, hopefully, I didn't bore too many people with my no. trip. No. But uh, it was fun. And it was an eye opener that uh, I'm glad I did. I think sometimes in life it's important to have those moments where you just kind of reevaluate and go, okay, I'm doing okay. Yeah. That's why I was thinking. <laughs> Another thing when I want to take my kids is like, when they start being like a little too, they need to be humbled. Maybe that's what I'll take. I'm like, <laughs> it's a perfect trip for that. You think your your life's pretty good right now, or your life's you know? I'm looking forward to seeing people. I'm, we're grateful for all of our listeners and our supporters, and everyone that has done so much, and including like the, those help with social media, Kelsey yes, and sure. Brittany and those people, mm-hmm. and all the work and and coming up in a couple weeks we'll get to see some more people and it'll be fun to hang out and we're looking forward to that and well that's just the other day tracy my sister-in-law was like my husband and i like steve we're gonna see you at Dorkfest." and i was like oh nice like i didn't even know that they were You're coming <laughs> yeah i know they've kind of we kind of talked about it and stuff but yeah. yeah they were like they're planning on it so i was like okay awesome. cool so you're coming for more than one day please <sighs> still have to figure out just birthday you. party okay oh that's right okay never mind you Sorry. can't do it in la well, if more of her friends had flight benefits, <laughs> yeah. like, all of us, let's go. But uh, thanks for listening. Oh, thank you. I was just going to say something about the In-N-Out Burger. I can't wait. Go. That's it? I just oh. can't wait to eat the In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> we don't have those here. 
<laughs> It'd be good to ever see everyone. I'm looking forward to it doing. Uh, yeah. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We'll see you next week. And if you want to get in touch with us, non red lounge podcast at gmail.com. Stay safe. Bye. This has been Non-Rev Lounge. This episode was sponsored by Staff Traveler, which is the number one app to get your non-rev loads. It is used by over 600,000 people from all airlines in the world and built to make your non-rev trips easy and stress-free. Sign up now for free at stafftraveler.com forward slash non-rev lounge.